Hey, if you guys like to cook outdoors and you ought to, you should check out the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle. So this is a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge, reaching all the way up to 500 degrees. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The volume. Just a reminder, you can catch us recording this podcast live on AMP. AMP is a new live radio app that lets you call in and chat with us in person while we're recording. Get the app on Apple's App Store and make sure you follow us at at Jenkins and Jones to get notified when we go live. Welcome to Jenkins and Jones on the Volume Podcast Network. We're coming to you live on Father's Day. Happy Daddy's Day. Sunday, June Daddy's 18th. Day. We're live at on AMP. Hope you're uh, you're listening to us live. If not, obviously, uh, we're coming to you via all the other platforms uh, Monday morning. But thanks for tapping in with us. As always, Jenkins and Jones hosted by LeJethro Jenkins, a.k.a. John. What's up, Bubbas? I'm sorry, having a little trouble yeah. over here. <laughs> young, dude. Ca- young camera adjustment. Dragonfly Jones, aka sorry, Tyler. <laughs> hey, everybody, have a good. I'm Gardy B, aka Mike, aka motherfucking motherfucking Mike. Mother Mother Mike. You would never get one over on us. You would never fucking get get one over on us, bro. I was just gonna. No I was just fucking gonna say way, it's man. possible that I was enjoying Father's Day too much and completely forgot we were recording a podcast tonight. But that's not what happened. Good for you. It's possible, but good that's not you. what happened. It didn't happen. But if it but did, it, good for okay. you. But it didn't. But you know what I mean. But, but it, it didn't. didn't. But, but if it did, um, <laughs> apparently I was completely off my phone all day. I had a great Sunday. Um, apparently there was a big NBA trade today. Uh, is it true that Bradley Beal is a Phoenix Sun? Is, I think it's, is it going to be true, right? Is it? De- it's 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 it's. Going to happen, definitely, but it hasn't happened, right? I'm going to trip it. I haven't logged on the phone in, in a while <laughs> <Jackson>. myself. <laughs> help. Somebody Jackson, help us, please. <laughs> How's it happen? Tyler's on the clock over there. John and I are off the phone. <laughs> the answer is it is assuredly going to happen, but it has not happened yet because the 
whoever, the teams that are involved are trying to find a third team to redirect Chris Paul to. Most likely the Clippers. Which is is the Clippers. Potentially the Clippers, but even that is not like done, done. So can you read us the terms of the trade? There are they haven't reported the final terms because of this is happening. All we know for sure is that Chris Paul and Landry Shamit are leaving the Suns. Landry Shamit most likely going to the Wizards. Bradley Beal is joining the Suns. Or joining, yeah, sorry, joining the Suns. The Wizards are also getting a couple second round picks and a couple pick swaps. That's what we know. Mm. Mm. Whatever that means. They got, they're getting, wait, Landry Shamit. Yeah, it's Chris Paul and second round picks. The the same Chris Paul that was nearly waived a week ago is being traded with, was added, included with Landry Shamit, some seconds and some pick swaps for Bradley Beal. Yes, correct. You heard it correctly. Yeah, so, so basically the dude who they weren't going to pick back up, Landry Shamit and some fucking 2026 kid from Northern Iowa is how they got Bradley Bill. Basically, they emptied the trash, gave it to Wizards, <laughs> and got Bradley Bill. That's what yeah. that's what happened. They took the trash out, came back with Bradley Bill. So I know Windhorse had just been talking about, you know, like obviously there's been a lot of chatter about Brad Beal moving, but that contract is quite an albatross. And so I, I wonder if that has something to do with what do you what do you make of that? Yeah, for? yeah, yeah. I'm, I said, I'm, I mean, hold on, it, hold on, hold on. What, what do you what's your, John? What do you love? Because I said albatross. I just yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Asshole. You know, All right, Tyler, go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, you I, saw I, me glitching over here. <laughs> I, w- I was gonna say like it for sure looks like the the Wiz was just like yo, we got to get this contract off the books. Like, like that's Did that it, that was the biggest takeaway there. Do they think Wemby is coming out next year? I don't, <laughs> I don't like they started the fire sale early. I just, I don't really understand the timing on like it, it, why why in the sell now now and not midway through the season last year or you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a capologist. John's making a face. Yeah, yeah. Suggests he doesn't. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm confused by all this too. I, I have the same questions you do. That's why I was trying to maybe come up with some answer why they would do it now. And I just let's couldn't. talk about you the Suns. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the trade from each of the different angles. But let's talk about the Suns. Um, I I popped on. I literally popped onto Twitter for 30 seconds after Vinny's also team lost their baseball game today, and I saw the word super team in four consecutive tweets, and I immediately turned my phone off and put it in my pocket. But people are talking about this as a new super team, obviously, with Book and KD uh, and Beal. Um, what do y'all think? I mean, we've been discussing through these playoffs about how the super team era building that way is kind of dead. This is a Suns team that already was massively struggling with depth that is going, you know what we were missing was one more guy and then nothing after that because they're obviously not going to have much flexibility to do anything else. Do you think this makes the Suns better and better enough for them to be kind of pushing all the chips in on this window right now with uh, with KD. I mean, the fact of the matter is they basically just gave up Landry Shamit, you know, for fucking Bradley Beal. Of course, this makes the right. team, right? You make that trade a million times. Like I said, you know, when I saw, you know, the, 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 the specifics of this trade, I was like, bro, Washington just wanted to dump that contract. Like, that's how much it looked like, like, you know, Phoenix got a steal here. But, um, you know, of course, it makes them a better team. You know, Bradley Bill is a fucking hooper, you know, a 30-point-per-game per guy at, at one point. But it doesn't make them good enough to come out the West. It doesn't make them better than Denver. You know, I'm not, I'm not seeing that at all. Um, You know, we'll see how they fill out the rest of that bench. But you got fucking four guys on the max now eating up all that cap. Like, like who the fuck are you going to get? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be super thirsty to be a rank chaser, for, you know, to, to, to sign with a team that got their ass beat by the team that just won the rank two, right? Like, you're, you're going to give them the cheap, even even though they haven't proven that, you know, it's an easy path to rank. So, so honestly, I'm not sure how they fill out the, the rest of that roster. Like I said, they got four guys on the max here, so we'll see how the, the rest of that plays out. But, of course, you make that trade for Bill. But, like I said, we got to see what, what, what else they do with this roster because, like you said, depth was a huge issue for them this postseason. I don't think there's anything they can do that would have that'll make them better than the teams that are already better than them. Like th- like this doesn't this and whoever they can afford to get will not allow will not help them beat that Denver team. They're still out in the second round of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like of course you make that trade because like you said it makes you better and you just gave up Landry Shamit cuz Chris Paul was already on the outs. You know, they were just talking about waving him last week, but it's I, I, I mean, I I, I don't believe in this super team, and I don't believe in a super team anymore, actually. You know what I mean? I believe in well-coached, good-quality teams with solid depth. You know what I mean? Call me old-fashioned, yeah, yeah. God darn it. Well, you know no, what I'm but saying? You know what? But that's, you know what I'm saying? That's what we've been seeing winning over the last few years. I think the thing to keep in mind, though, is, yes, like aesthetically, that's in trend right now, <laughs> is building teams that way. But also, with the new cap rules... It is as of this year much harder to build a super team. Here's the here's the numbers on the Suns. Their current team salary with Beal, KD, Book, Aiton, Campaign, and Ish Wainwright is 171 million dollars. The cap is at 140, and that second apron that you is effectively a hard cap is 179 right. and a half. So they've got eight and a half million to build the rest of that team out. I looking at that, you have to think they're getting rid. They're moving Aiton to use that yeah. to free that up to to they build. Have that. That's to. really they the only to. option they've got. They have to. And so then at that point, you know, are you getting enough depth out of thirty million dollars to fill literally an entire NBA roster outside of those three spots? I I don't think this these new cat rules allow you to build a team like this anymore. Um, you know, since we're on the topic, I just wanted to discuss how I do not like the way the Suns have handled Aiden at all. Um, for the last few years, actually, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, look, I, I mean, that was my, my my concern when this trade happened. I was like, okay, now you're making Aiden the fourth option. Aiden is a guy who the Suns still need to put a healthy level of of effort into developing a bit. Right. And so, and so that was my concern. He's the fourth option now. Where is he going to get these touches to have him still come along as a player? Um, and, and, you know, it goes back to, to, you know, a couple seasons back when, when, when they were like, we're not giving Aiden the max. And then they, they, they publicly said that for whatever the fuck reason, because I didn't, I never got the logic beyond that. And then they gave him the max and signed him along. Right. And then we saw him check out this postseason when, when Jock Landell was getting his minutes. So, it's it's like I I I'm not really a fan of the way they've handled Aiden. I mean, and and then then they brought along Vogel, and we were like, okay, maybe they still believe in Aiden because you know Vogel's whole brand is front court defense, right? We saw what he did with with PG and Hibbert and and fucking AD, right? Like that's his his stamp of uh, his his fucking signature, and we're like, you know, maybe you know he sees something in Aiden here. Maybe that's why the Suns brought him along because they trust that he can possibly get something out of Aiden too. And then they do this, and and it's like you know, like I said, the touches don't add up. The money is looking at look is looking like it's not adding up. I just do not like the way they handled the number one pick in the in of the guy in the draft with fucking Trey and Luca. And they're just gonna like possibly cast him out for some role players now. We'll see how it works for him. I you know, the the math is challenging. 
on being 30 million over the cap with five guys on the roster. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about you know what this looks like for the Wizards. You know, y'all said clearly they're just trying to move Beal's contract off the books. Um, very bummed out that uh, Jackson's with us. Our other producer, uh, Adam Gracia, is not because he is one of six Washington Wizards fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, this ever exists. So he's one of the dirty dozen. He's one of the dirty dozen. Would have loved to have had his expert opinion on uh, how bad the Wizards are. But um, this is the argument, you know, again, like for what's so challenging about the NBA, right? Like Nuggets fans went through what Wizard fans are going through right now for a long time, too. And eventually you just hope that you get the right guy and you have the right owner at the time you get the right guy to cycle through for a run. But, you know, I think Adam has season tickets or at least they go to games regularly. He was saying he's like, you're going and it's like, it's like hopefully Kyle Kuzma does something cool. <laughs> like, that's basically what you're there for. Like, are you trying to get people to pay money to come to 41 games in your arena? It's just, I don't know, man. What do you think I, of this I, for I, Wizards? I can, tell you, I can tell you as as someone who, you know, is fucking two hours away from my lo- my closest NBA team, whenever I look at the Wiz schedule and think about games that I might want to attend, I'm looking at that, you know, who they're hosting. I'm not going up. I'm not taking that fucking five-hour round trip, you know, to, to, to see fucking Bradley Bill. No shots to Brad. But, yeah, it's... it's um, You're clippers I mean, it. That's how everyone always looked at the Clippers. Like, is Jordan in town? Is Chuck in town? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the only reason I would ever go to a Wizards game. But, um... I want I want to just give shouts out to Brad Bill because I feel like he played this shit perfectly. Like, he, look, when his deal is up in 2026, 27 or whatever, he will have had the NBA on the hook for like 430 million, right? Like he stayed with the team that drafted him. God. He cashed out on <laughs> he got every penny fucking possible from every max because that's how the shit is incentivized. You stay you keep signing with the team that drafted you, your bird rights and all that shit kick in, you're gonna cash out even more. And he got a bro. He got a fucking no trade clause put in on a $250 million deal. (laughs) He got a no trade clause put in on a $250 million deal. Like, do y'all realize how crazy that is? Right? Like, who is this motherfucker's agent, dog? He got a fucking trade, right? Like, so he signed that fucking Supermax and he was like, put that no trade clause in because I'm going to just get these motherfuckers on the hoop, on on the hook. Then I'm going to go find, you know, a real contender to try to possibly, you know, win some rings with. And it looks like that's what he's doing right now. So, you know, shouts to that man. Shouts to his agent because, God damn. Like I said, four hundred thirty million, and he got a fucking no trade clause on a two hundred fifty million dollar max. Jesus well, I, Christ, ju- I, ju- I just John how, just wrote, how many more years does he? I, how many more years does he have on that contract? He's got like it, his deal is up what twenty six or twenty seven. It's some years, though. And, and 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 that no trade clause follows him wherever he goes. Right, that's part of the contract as a whole. That's mm-hmm. not just with DC. Yeah, the deal he has three more seasons fully guaranteed, a player option. For fifty-seven million in twenty-six, twenty-seven, and then he's a free agent. God damn! I'm I, I'm gonna keep a stack with you. I'm gonna keep a stack with you. I don't know if I take that trade. I don't know if I make the trade. Like, and and the, and the only reason I'm saying is like, talk about the cap issues, right? It's not gonna make you a better team than you already are. It makes you better, but it doesn't make you better in a way that's gonna make you that's gonna get you further along in the playoffs. Like, if they, you know, like, and and also like we saw with KD, we saw with Bradley Bill last year that they it's hard for them to stay healthy. And with that lack of depth, they're going to have to play more minutes, and they've right. shown that they're not. Their bodies aren't holding up in those way anymore. I don't know if I make that trade, right. you know. And then you, old man, 
57. And I, you know, Bradley Bill gets his money. Nigga, fuck, fuck everybody. Nigga, get your bread. So I'm talking like, I'm talking about if, on the other side. Like, I, I'm happy getting his bread. Got a no trade clause. He get his money regardless. I love to see that. You know what I'm saying? Big St. Louis like a motherfucker. But on the other <laughs> side, I'm like, I don't know if I make that trade. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, seeing like how much you owe him long term, no trade clause. And it doesn't make you better in the ways that you need to get better to be better to go further than you went this past yeah, year. Yeah. Um, so Tyler mentioned uh, uh, Brad Beal's agent. It is worth noting as the trade goes through on, or as the trade has been broken on Father's Day, Brad Beal's agent is the father of the son CEO. <laughs> this is some real life succession shit going on, right? Something's going on over there, fast. Oh, uh, but good for him. They're you know popping what? bottles at the whatever the fuck household that is, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, look, look. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna say. I think just we just need to ha- put it out here that I think a lot of why this needle doesn't move for us is because we might be coming to grips with KD not being the same KD as well. Um, That's a we fact. saw, yeah, we, 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 we saw like, like, bro. If you couldn't do shit with, with fucking pk uh pete Kyrie and pete harden like you're not the same guy who you were four or five years ago when you signed on with brooklyn um truth of the matter is it's been two underwhelming postseasons in a row for kd and of course his underwhelming still looks great right okay yeah of course his underwhelming still looks great but he has not been looking like the kd of old the last two postseasons i think the best series kd ever had was that series with with um fucking milwaukee 2021 and i don't think he's reached that level of postseason basketball since in these in these um, i mean i would yes yes but that level was even good for i mean that was 2017 was probably the best kd other than that series mm-hmm. right that final series where he just dominated, like, I think Bron had an average triple-double, and he was not the best player on the court in that series, bro. It was KD, right? But it's, like, that level is God-tier. I don't, we don't expect him to be there, but, I mean, 27 a game, KD, I think he averaged, what, 24, like, for the, the series prior to the, the Nuggets or something? Like, yeah, that's just, I mean, it's it's good, but it's not the KD. But I, I don't I don't expect Milwaukee KD. You know, and that was, that was bro, that was... That was a, a evil yeah. villain, bro. That was, that was a superhero. He was fucking Thanos for a minute, but it's it's been like shit. We we've talked in the, in the group chat like, bro, motherfuckers are blocking KD's jumper so much now, dog. Bro, we saw it three times in a series, right? bro. What uh uh Westbrook blocked it maybe three times alone in that series, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I mean, he doesn't get the lift. He's, he can't stay healthy, you know. Um, and I think that's part of it as well. And it, it, you know, um, but these are things that, bro, it if. These are things that you need minimally if you're going to put that much money into three guys. You need to guarantee at least they'll be healthy in the court. And two of them, I've proven that, you know. So I mean, I haven't proven that in the last couple of years. And at their at their age, that makes sense. It's just a, it's just not the. I don't know. I don't. I don't think this trade doesn't. It doesn't move the needle because of multiple yeah. reasons. I think. No, and, but, that, but that that's a yeah. uh, that's a great point. I think you're exactly right about that. Um, I also. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Chris Paul. I think it's the last kind of facet of this trade. <laughs> um, potentially being rerouted to the Clippers. Um, shout out to, uh, what's the name of the, of the dude? B souls on Twitter. Uh, Legion of hoops <laughs> tweeted, 
a picture of Chris Paul, Kawhi, and Paul George and said, who's stopping this squad? And he quote tweeted with head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> head, shoulders, <laughs> knees, and toes. Knees and toes. toes. You been playing the hell out of that in the career too, bro. All right. So me love that joint. <laughs> um, this is like, this is what happens at the end of every basketball player's career if they play it out until the end of it. But it is kind of... It is wild. Like, I was ready to physically assault David Stern when he kept Chris Paul from coming to the Lakers. And he is now being passed around like a laundry bag, bro. It is. I mean, he's 100 million years old, bro. He's, he's, he's a dinosaur. You know what I'm saying? He's Jurassic, my G. You know what I'm saying? Ancient. You know, like, like dog, and, and, and like he, the man can't the man can't finish the season. Like the contract he had prior was crazy to pay him that that much for that long. And I mean, these are, I mean, this is this is this. Does he play another year after this? Like, I mean, maybe, if, if, but should if he? he wants to, if he wants to make like you know his little six hundred thousand a year, he, someone might 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 take him off. But but yeah, it's um. Ah, it's hard. yeah, it's 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 tough because you know as as much as I might not like Chris Paul is so complicated to me. As much as I do not like him as a as a player on the court, I, I still admire his game, Fact. and he's such an incredible person off the court. Like, how are you such a dickhead on the court, and you're just like fucking the Pope, like you know, with all the philanthropy and shit that you do off the court? I've never seen anything quite like it. That story about Chris I mean, Paul and his grandpa is like all time story. Like, if we were to make a list of stories guaranteed to make me fucking choke up, that's like one of the top yeah. stories. Come on, the high school, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yes. high school, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like he's he's six foot, bro. He's probably he's probably closer to five eleven. You know what I mean? Like five eleven, six foot, playing the way he played on the level he played, bro. You are gonna have to be a dickhead to, to, <laughs> kinda, <laughs> yeah. to, to you, you gotta, know what I'm saying? To get to get busy at that the size, coolest motherfucker of all time, and he was five ten. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. He was, I, he was, was touched. Was, he was touched by the Lord with some gifts that Chris yeah. Paul did not have. <laughs> also, athletically, yes. you know what I'm saying. But I mean, it's about the thing. The thing with the, I mean, but I, I just God tier player. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I mean, how? No fan base. It's just a. It's just <laughs> no you know what I'm saying. Base. That speaks That's to right. The, the, There's the no type Chris Paul stands, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is it. There's, it's just crazy. One of the best point guards, maybe this, Bro, in this generation. I, I am such a a fucking Chris Paul hater slash Chris Paul defender <laughs> online. Like, like I'm like, yeah, we can talk about how much of a dickhead he is, but we ain't gonna, you know, disrespect that get that motherfucker's game. He was a cold motherfucker. Right. Like, you know that we need to find that balance. Yeah, but, and, and if, if, keeping it a stack. I think, and I hate to say this about Aiden being, you know, but I feel like. The reason Aiton was as good as he was and made that jump was because Chris for Ball sure. made the game so easy for him. He has a, a storied history what, of making the game so easier for his bigs. Yeah. And and I think the Suns saw that because when Chris Paul, you know, started saw his body falling apart more, not playing as much, we didn't see Aiton as successful as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not trying to, I, you know, I still think they've been treating him a particular way that I don't respect. But I think that's what they saw. Yeah. Like he had Chris Paul, he had a god tier point guard that just made gave him the ball. That's kind of what they do with Aaron Gordon, like with the with the with, on the on the um on the nuggets on the, on the uh, nuggets. Where like they give him the ball in situations where he doesn't have to make decisions, bro. You know what I mean? You shoot or you dunk that bitch, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Yeah, and so that's what Aiton was in his positions where like he didn't have to make a decision. Like he, he never had to think. He just did did you know he knew exactly what to do when he got the ball. And Chris Paul made sure that he, he got the ball in those situations. So um, yeah, man. All right, uh, let's talk about the we we have not recorded since the uh, the Nuggets parade, which I'm going to be honest with you, looked like a great time. Looked like everyone was having a, a fun time. Uh, Michael Malone, uh, as as Tyler said, I mean, you just gonna have to be Mike Malone, bro, because you're White Mike. You're not White Michael. There's no such thing as a White Michael, no. <laughs> bro. Like I said, I do not understand why that man was so apprehensive about get, being called Mike, because that motherfucker is a White Mike. If I ever saw a motherfucking <laughs> White Mike, he is a textbook White Mike. When I, when, it, when he said Brucey B, you ain't going nowhere. He go anywhere? Hell no. Hey, get loud, motherfuckers! I was like, bro, who is this man? Which yeah. <laughs> he said, we some greedy motherfuckers is what he. <laughs> Yo, I, I love that that I love that that Michael Malone put his squad on the hook for another one because so many coaches shy away from that shit, right? Like like we've all seen the iconic clip of when fucking you know Riley promised that that the Lake Showtime was gonna go back to back. Then at the back to back parade, we saw fucking Kareem put his hand over Riley's mouth when, before he could guarantee. The <laughs> right? but, but 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 Mike Malone <laughs> stepping out there and saying, bro. We we want to run this shit back. We're good enough to like. There's no fucking lie there. He's not playing the fucking you know cordial cliche shit. And I and I love seeing that. I mean, he said it like eight seconds after winning the first one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the, it's like the first thing that came out of his mouth when they put the mic to his to him. You know what I'm saying? But like he saw the same thing that everybody else saw, and he's not pretending he didn't see what we all right. saw. We talking about a Spurs dynasty talking about these dudes. You know what I mean? And he sees and he knows the league better than we do. You feel me? So. Talk your shit. Love that, man. And and and, and they should. They should run it on back, baby. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that anyone had more fun than Jokic, uh, who who said, I know you think I don't want to stay on parade, but I fucking want to stay on parade. <laughs> this is the best. Tyler day. with a perfect tweet about that, too. Tyler, Tyler tweeted, tweet that. didn't really want to get out of the house to hang with the homies, but then he's glad he actually did get out of the house to hang with the homies. He just like me for real. Just Banger. Like me, bro. You know how many times I go through so that relatable. Shit, I don't really want to get out the house and I go out the house and have the fucking time of my life <laughs> yeah the, the, he's just so fucking relatable you know like on the last episode i talked about how he's not like kobe and jordan he's just like you know the fucking opposite in this of that spectrum because jordan and, and kobe's whole mystique is bro there are very few people who are as dedicated to anything as these two are to basketball and shit right with yoga just like bro you are, i see so many people see themselves in this dude who just wants to work go home and he and he can't believe how much fun he has when he actually does leave the house he literally said in the interview that everybody hates their job this is not abnormal he said most people don't like their job. And he said you know if someone saying? does Almost only like their job, they're lying. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, man. Love to see that. Um, <coughs> all right, let's. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything else to say. So I will say I did call. I think I texted Tyler's tweet like two minutes after he put it up, and I was like, "This smells like a, a, a six <laughs> tuple platinum." Plat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, can just yeah. Smell, I can smell it. That's a very that that's an excellent. This one's tweet. going diamond, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned with food-safe oils and ready to cook on right out of the box. With no use of coatings, you can use metal tools to flip, press, and scrape without worry. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. 
everything rusts and nobody talks about it because they couldn't fix it until now. With Weber's new rust-resistant technology, your Weber will last for years. When used, our carbon steel griddle hardens and bonds the surface, reducing the ability for moisture to collect and rust to form. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. With the Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System, you can keep cooking and cleaning supplies handy, carry food and condiments from kitchen to the griddle, and even convert the side table into a prep station. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate rust-resistant griddle. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home services marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects easy. We've used Angie at my house. We had some work done. Uh, We had some painting done. We are able to find a bunch of really qualified people with good rates through Angie and pick someone we were really happy with. It was super easy to use the app, super easy to connect with someone. We got the call right away, so we didn't have to sit around and wait. Your one-stop shop, Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie gets the difficulties that come with home projects. Why not make it as simple as possible to tackle that project? Turn to Angie with confidence, even for major renovations or emergency repairs. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard, and then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you. I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, all right, let's talk about. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think you guys would prefer that I lead the conversation on this. Let's talk about a company called Bet Online that has tweeted, we are proud to be the first sports book to offer betting odds on the Special Olympics. And then a Forbes article uh, is diving into uh, their offering. They've got 350,000 volunteers, coaches, and athletes heading to Berlin to compete in the World Special Olympics. Um, Before I say my piece, I'm curious for your guys' thoughts. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) <laughs> All right. <laughs> Absolutely not, my I'm brother. I'm confident this is you. I have a perspective on the, the competition of the Special Olympics that not a lot of people in sports media have. 
I have I covered it for several years in uh, Long Beach, the the Southern California Special Olympics Games. I covered as a sports writer, and I wrote a column that was shared very widely in the Special Olympics community um, about why my outlet chooses to cover it as a sporting event and not as a humanitarian story. Because usually mm. the only journalists at that uh, at the, at those events are um features writers right people who are like oh this kid's overcoming all this stuff and obviously there's a ton of those amazing stories at the special olympics like genuinely if you ever feel shitty about the world go spend 10 minutes at any special olympics event i promise you you will walk out of there feeling better about human beings however these motherfuckers are dogs too like i went and covered the (laughs) basketball game i went and covered their basketball championships it's dudes backing dudes down talking shit to each other the wheelchair race you got people burning rubber on the track talking shit to each other there was a dude out there who ran a five minute mile bro (laughs) you know what i mean so and they compete they compete like motherfucker like that was my point about it was from the outside i think you have this idea of like you know, this is what the Special Olympics is. It's like a punchline to a joke or whatever. You know, punchline to a shitty joke that someone feels edgy for telling or whatever. And like, for sure, bro, no one has more of a sense of humor about the physical limitations than the disabled community. <laughs> At least the special and maybe not necessarily the disabled community on Twitter. It's not the best group of people to run across all the time. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you make a, a very good point And it's something I pondered as well about, you know, if it's sports, let's treat it like sports, right? Flat out. Yep. But I, I want you to be honest with me here, Mike. Yes. If I told you I was gambling on the Special Olympics, how concerned for my gambling addiction <laughs> would you be? I would be pretty concerned, dog. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> no. That's a fact. No, I'll be, I mean, I'll be put like, the, the, I'm, I'm all about honesty with it. I would be very concerned with you. I don't know. I think this is like their attempt to make kind of the same point, but in a fucked up capitalist way that I was making mm-hmm. this, like these people take this shit seriously. Why not bet on it? You know? So, but yeah, bro, I understand for our, our friends who gamble and, you know, I've got a lot of friends who bet on sports. I understand the summer's a long time. All you got to bet on is baseball, but you just got to go spend time with your family till football season. dog. <laughs> you don't need to be betting on the bocce ball special Olympic world championship. I swear to God, you don't have to do it. <laughs> it ain't got to be that way, man. It ain't got to be like that. You feel me? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk about... Okay, I have a real podcast-ass topic to close the show. Are you all ready for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's get podcasting, baby. Okay. I was th- I was thinking about this today. I'm, I'm genuinely like... I, You guys, I, I respect your opinion so much and you often have a, a different opinion than mine and you're two of my friends that have changed my opinion on stuff. So I'm curious for your thoughts on this take. Do you think... Fathers are better now than in the previous generation. Like, do you think our generation is doing a better job as fathers than our parents or grandparents' generations? By a trillion, Hell yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, do you do you do you think the opposite? No, I'm interested. No, but I but I, okay, but I know okay. a lot of people are like self deprecating about like how things are broken down. You know, like. That, that there's so much anxiety and everything around parenting. Like, that's the only thing I would say I think is negative is I think our generation of parents, men and women, worry a lot more than our parents' generation did. And that I, that I, I don't I, agree with. It's very, like, people are very stressed out about every little thing where it's like, it's not, you know what I mean? So, but that's the only thing I would say. But go ahead, John. I don't think it's harder. I think... 
I think there's certain things that are more complicated, like the internet shit, shit, and all that, right? I don't think it's harder, but I think it's hard in the sense that we like we are stressed. We are, we have so much information and are so worried. Like, you know, like my mom threw us in front of the TV and we watched, you know what I'm saying, cartoons in like seven months. You know what I mean? A, a year or whatever, right? We're not letting Somi watch TV for real till she's two. You know what I mean? So because we have all this information, we're scared of more things. So we, we're, it's more difficult in that way. Um, but I think we're definitely better. Um, I mean... I told y'all, like, my, me and my homies had a joke, like, before we were dads, that niggas don't be having dads, bro. Like, because niggas, even if your dad was in the house, your dad wasn't acting like a dad. You feel me? Like, he, you couldn't confide in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I have one like, friend. When I, I graduated high school, I had one friend <laughs> who, was a, who was a boy. I had one male friend with a dad that I would have been bro. like- I would love to have this man as my dad. Like, that was, I had bro. one friend. <laughs> I- I, I remember I have a, one of my best friends, one of my really good friends. He graduated high school. Dad was in the house his whole life. And uh, a teacher congratulated him. Man, you have a great son. You know what I'm saying? He did great at school. Da, da, da. And she looked at it, the teacher and said, he raised himself. <laughs> it was like, bro. And that's the only dude that I know whose dad was in the house with him like that. You feel what I'm saying? Like, uh, my close friend groups at the crib. So, like, bro. We had a joke saying dads and have dads, you know. I mean, we niggas ain't got dads, you feel me? But so I mean, just showing up we're better. But I also think like we are way more like we've talked about this. If you are a deadbeat, nigga, cancel, bro. Yeah, can't okay. be my homie. There is nothing I respect less. You know what I'm saying? Well, obviously there are, but you know, you know, just you know, for the sake of the conversation, I do not respect you at all. If you ain't handling your responsibilities as a father, we can't even be friends. You know what I'm saying? If I loved you, you know what I'm saying? And we were homies, like I'll lie for a lot of shit. We talked about that. You know what I'm saying? But that's one thing, bro. I'm just not, we, you know, we ain't standing for it. So I think we look at that as I'd rather dudes find out you bet on the Special fathers. Olympics all summer. <laughs> Big facts. Big facts. You feel me? As dudes that, that, that would crack that joke because of our experiences, we ain't we ain't standing for you knowing how that affects you and then doing that same thing to your child. You know what I'm saying? That ain't it. Yeah, I, I think that um I think that we're way more emotionally present than the the the, the dads that raised us, right? Facts. Like I I think a lot of us, you know, you know, the ones that <laughs> that did grow up with dads actually saw you <laughs> salute know, to you, of, salute to you, right? salute to you. <laughs> yeah, right? congratulations, I, my guy. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? I, One of the few. I I, I think I think we actually <laughs> you're the you're an albatross. <laughs> you're an albatross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a lot means. of us. That's not what that means. I'm sorry, Tyler. I know. I'm just. But it. But it. But it was. But did you laugh? Did you laugh? There we go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that a lot of us who did have dads saw dads who thought that just providing was was enough for love, right? And I, I want to be clear that my dad was not like that. My dad was a lovable fucking. My dad was soft spoken and never raised his voice at us and never beat us. And they thought this motherfucker was a revolutionary parent back when I was growing up, right? Because you didn't see that back then, right? Right. So right, right, right. So I think I think a lot of us grew up with dads who. We just thought that that providing was enough, right? That that okay, you you got you know a, a roof over your head, you got food, and you played every night. I'm doing my job, and I think a lot of us realized that wasn't enough as well. So, like I said, I think we are the most emotionally present um, dads, uh, you know, 
ever as well. So right about now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think that'll happen to the next generation. I think the next generation yeah. will be yeah. even more emotional. That, that, that's how, I mean, how humanity should evolve. Every generation should be a little more sensitive, a little smarter, a little more emotionally intelligent, a little more emotionally aware, for sure. And society is a, like, you know, speaking of that, you know, they're, they're, like you hear even women, like I don't want no emotionally, you know, unavailable or unintelligent man. You know what I'm saying? Like women are speaking of that, you know, too. Like it's okay for dudes to, you know, express an emotion that's not anger or, you know what I'm saying, or happiness. Like you could only be, you know, there was only like two emotions that we could express, one or the two, and there was nothing in between. That's, like to say you're right. sad, you was pussy. But that's true. Like you know all I mean? dads prior to our generation <laughs> were either the sad dad or the angry dad, right? Like there was, <laughs> those were the only emotions. I, I didn't really, I didn't really know men. I don't. I think sad, if they were the sad dad, they the minute I knew at in the generation prior, if they were the sad dad, it expressed his anger. They didn't actually speak to their sadness. They My you know dad what I'm was saying? sad they as took fuck, it, but he was a unique <laughs> outlier <laughs> in many in many regards, I guess. So. I don't think it really <laughs> But you hey, that's your dad. Y'all let me let me not correct you. You know what I mean? You feel me? um yeah i i I think i think that's right i think i'm like i feel really good about my friends who are dads um i don't know that i love everything about the approach our generation has taken to parenting like i said with the hyper self-judgmental anxious approach to everything like you know i we, we were just talking to um friends of ours at a party where you know she had had a kid and Shar and I always, I probably shouldn't joke about this but we always call them the um the breastfeeding nazis that where it's like there's always a group of moms that's like you can only breastfeed your child <laughs> you know and like and there's benefits to that but that but like, the, but the way that but the way that breastfeeding those, it right like, right quote, unquote, right supportive right. groups can sometimes be that's towards moms the only way to is, right like, right very, right and and I, I know and looking at moms as if they're like wrong yeah, yeah, yeah. or bad for you right know what and I'm I know saying? and yeah, I, I talked sure. to my mom about that because we you know Shar heard some of that uh you know when when we had Vinny and like. I talked to my mom about it. My mom was like, I would have. <laughs> you know, I was like, I know. You would have slapped the shit out of all know those people. <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> but my mom's point was, and she she said this, man. And I, my mom would agree, I think, that our generation is a b- better dads than the, the men who raised us for sure. But I, the point that she made was, your generation is the first generation I've ever heard of who feels like they're doing it wrong. She's like, our generation felt like we didn't know what we were doing probably a lot of the times, but you guys are so hard on yourselves about every aspect of parenting that it's like, you're, you know, everyone, and I think social media feeds into that, right? You know, and I, I tell, I tell, I respond to people in my DMs about stuff like that where they'll, they'll say something about, you know, the pictures I post with my kids or something like that. And they're like, I wish I had that, whatever. And I'm always quick to be like, bro, this is fucking Instagram, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Or my, <laughs> My kid, I don't, I'm never going to post a picture of my kid not wanting to listen to me talk about his baseball game on the way home. You know what I mean? Like, right, 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 right. So I think that's part of it too. And it's the same thing with how maybe a 23, 24 year old now in their first job feels like, you know, inferior. Whereas we just knew we were going through some shit in our early 20s, mid 20s, but they're comparing themselves to whoever their one friend who's in the best job is, right? That, like, that comparison happens more in our generation than it did in other uh, other generations. So I, I do think there's some truth to that. Um, but I guess like being overly hard on yourself is not the 
compared to our parents' generation, that's not the worst flaw <laughs> to, to carry as parents. I just, I think, but I think like I think like expecting perfection out of yourself. You know what I mean? And like you can do the best you can. That's literally all you can do. And if you're doing that, more than likely, you're a really good parent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's some people that their best is shit. You know what I mean? And they're still going to be trash. That's very few. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that whole mindset of like beating yourself up because your perception of what a parent is supposed to be. I'm not that dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at one point, for I, I, was about, sure. I was about to say, but we you we talked starting when you guys first we talked me, about. I was, I was trying to keep out. you away. Yeah, from that. I was yeah. tweaking. Yeah, yeah, but like I, I, you know, I got a therapist. Thank God, you know, the money's money well spent. And so for like the last few, like I don't feel like that. And I get like my homegirl who I went, you know, uh, um, Sabrina. You talk, you know, you met her before, yeah. Tyler. Yeah, Sabrina was like, man, you grown so much. It's great to see you as a parent. And I, and you know, like. You are really good at this. And I was like, thank you. That means so much. It's the most important thing to me in my life. But also like, and also another, like somebody, some like, uh, she's like a influencer. She saw me with, saw me at the pool. Like, you know, but I don't really go off that too because mo- nobody expects anything from dudes. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. so like, you know, I remember one time walking down the, walking, walking, <laughs> me and Aiden were walking with his daughter around Lamert, not Lamert Park, but uh, a park in, uh, a, a lake in uh, Lake Merritt. In uh, Oakland, and and this and this like so many people walk by us. Oh, that's so cute to see y'all, you know. And I'm like, we're literally just walking right. <laughs> with her stroller. See, we haven't done any, like we're talking to each other, barely paying attention to Emery because she's just chilling, and we're just like the best role models right. for what you know. What I'm saying, and so like it doesn't mean a lot, but I'm just saying like I feel like I'm you know I think feel like I'm doing a good job, but I don't feel like. The way I'm getting to that is stressing myself. It's just doing the best I can because it's the most important thing to me, and I will give it everything I can to give to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely didn't understand. um, (sighs) I mean, obviously, as men, we don't truly don't understand like the full reach of misogyny and stuff like that. But when you have kids, like I I had a lot of those moments, like you talked about with Adrian, because you know, like the kid, I had the kids home with me for the first two years till they went to preschool. Right, right. I would have I would have them during the day. I'm like, wow. I would have them during the day. Yeah, would come home from work. She would take the kids i would go to work at night and yeah yeah i remember in a 48 hour spam you know it was like i had to go buy formula sorry so mm-hmm. sorry and then we had to kind of go the next day to buy diapers <laughs> so i had two trips to target on back-to-back days the first day i went to target a mom came up to me with her like two kids you know under three or whatever they weren't in school yet and she was just like she gave me like a whole speech about how beautiful it was that i had my son with me you know i had the baby with me and right, she right. wished her husband would would spend more time with hit with the babies and you know all, and she's telling me all this like fairly open it like, up, i've never man. said anything about my wife to a member of my family like what she was saying to me as a stranger about her husband you know what i mean right right and right, just right. Was really <laughs> heaping praise on me <laughs> you know what i mean right, that right. like i'm present and then the next day i was at the same target to get diapers and Vinny was crying and an old lady immediately walked up to me and was like he wants his mom <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Damn, bro, we really have the easy part of this shit." <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro, it's crazy. I mean, we think also like to me, like the way that that I'm, I, I've talked to y'all about this. The expectations Somi has of Rather are different, and maybe it's that's by smell, know, bro. Of, that's by pheromone. Yeah, it's you like, know what I mean, right. like. So like my experience with Somi, like 
if I'm out at the grocery store, we kicking it. You know what I mean? Like, that's like my road. Like, I throw on my shoulders. We go to, like, we'll go to, like, I, I go, like, shopping. I throw on my shoulders. And that's, how, you know, that's the cool. homie. You feel yeah, me? Like, yeah, that's the little that's homie. That's a homie. <laughs> that's a little homie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, but it, that, that's what's interesting to me that I've, re, that I've really seen, like, where I remember, like, I, we know me, me, my, me, me, you operate the same way, man. We, there's no, you know, like, uh, Gender roles in here, like we probably do the dishes more than anybody in the household, right? We talked about this. You feel me? Uh, you're right. So like I was doing the dishes, no you know what I'm saying? And I told I told you how to do the dishes. Uh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Listening to Rather with Somi, and it was just like wow. Like listen to their interactions, like wow. Like that's a different child than when I'm with her. Like she's expecting this and this and this. And for me, me and a lot of times when I'm with Somi, like we on the couch. Somebody might sit back and cut on me. Like, rather talk about that, talk today. Like, she's sitting, somebody posted up on my shoulder, leaned back, kind of chilling. And she was like, that's the same thing she's always done with you. Like, she was doing that at six at six months, at eight months, you know? And so it's just a different expectation kids have, or at least I've experienced, um, of their mom. And that's that's wild to me. I, I, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. I don't know. All right, we're rambling at this point, but I but okay. But yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, but I know that's a real like podcasty topic. Like, are dads now better or worse than they were? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know. It, I, I think it, the role ain't that. You it, know. it interests me. I think you. Yeah, I think you guys are probably right. All right, uh, that's all the time we got. I do want to give a couple of shout outs. I don't know why, but randomly, three friends of mine have mentioned that they're. I had no idea, but they mentioned that they like listen regularly to the podcast. Like they referenced the most recent episode over the last couple of days. So. Shout out to my homie Nap. Uh, shout out to the homie T Walk, and shout out to my homie Ramos, uh, who apparently listened to the podcast. So, <laughs> thank you for not hey, letting I, me I, know. T Walk, we gotta play. I, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. I want. I want to shout out my cousin, who you know, I just recently reconnected with. He told me he was a fucking regular listener to. Shout out to my cousin Robert D, man. That's just a trip, isn't it? That's wild. Cause I all I always walk around like you know I work so much and I and then all my free time I try and spend with my family and any le- anything left over I have I try and just be by myself. So I always feel like I'm not doing a good enough job of keeping in touch with my friends and family. So anytime the people tell me like they listen to the show regularly, I was like, cool. Then we're hanging out. <laughs> like yeah, that counts, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's all the time we got. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, Thanks for rocking with us. Thanks to Amazon Amp. Thanks to the volume. And we'll see you all soon. Bye. 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 Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep cook and store system keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 